Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation. Man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts. Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk man. I back it up. And we are sock full of that, man. Damn right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. And that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. If you're going to blitz, come strong. But don't come at all. Coming strong with another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. I am Jeff Howe. Let me bring in the rest of the team for this week's episode, a bi-week episode of Longhorn Blitz with Texas coming off of a 36-30 win over Oklahoma State. We will break it all down. And, yes, we will get to the injury news the Longhorns are dealing with. Let me bring in the rest of the team, though. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, Matt Butler. How was your weekend, sir? Oh, pretty good. How about yourself? Not too shabby. Not you have too a good shabby. birthday? Happy birthday? Yeah. yeah happy belated birthday. It's one of those deals where like, people are like, oh, you had to work on your birthday. It's like, yeah, I'm not, you know... 19 anymore my birthday is not that big a deal I, there are worse ways to spend my birthday than going to cover a football game also huh. you don't hate your job most no. people hate their job there you so go. working that's on your difference. birthday yeah that's the difference because yeah. i bet back in the day your yeah. your birthday revolved around maybe a cowboys game or a longhorns yeah. game as a youngster growing up probably every single time yeah that's what i you know I, I guess that's just why my soul is the way it is my birthday is like right when football season's getting uh getting good mm. so. yeah you ain't craig way yeah, because Craig's is, what, uh, the day before mine, two days before mine? Somewhere around there. Something like that. Anyway, uh, a man who, you know, he can talk birthdays and astrology and all kinds of stuff because he is a renaissance man uh, on the Austin Radio Network and on the Longhorn Blitz podcast. Lifetime Longhorn 2002 UT All-American 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award fourth-round draft choice of the New York Giants in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the CFL. When he was done with football, got himself back to Austin, Texas in the 40 acres where he earned his degree, whatever that T-ring comes in. I promise I will assure <laughs> of the listening audience that he wears it proudly. <laughs> Nevertheless, he is a card-carrying member of DBU, and when you get that All-American honor recognized by the NCAA, you get that black card. Number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. Your birthday is close to the University of Texas' birthday, then. Because Craig Way's birthday, I believe, is like the day after UT's birthday. Oh, yeah? I want to say it's like the same. Like It's like within like two or three oh, days of it. Yeah, it's like UT's birthday, and I want to say Craig Way's birthday is like the day after, because I remember or something like that. And then yours is pretty pretty close to Craig Way's. Sounds yeah? like a Craig Way's. Craig Way's is like a week. I think Craig Way's is like a week something ago, maybe. Yeah, it's like that. the fifteenth, I believe. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I don't know why. Weirdly, I know that. I don't know my friend's birthday. You are obviously a friend of mine. I am weird about that as a guy. Like I don't know my 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 guy friend's birthday. My girlfriend gets mad at me. She's like, "Did you know? Oh, it's September 15th. I That's think they UT's have the birthday. same birthday. I think Craig and they UT might do. Craig Way and UT. May have the same birthday. It might be That's something amazing. freaky like that. I don't know if it's blew my mind sure, as Craig really Way walks close. in the door. It's really, really close. Where it's like within two days. But anyway, like yeah, guys don't know their other guy friends' birthdays as well no. as they should. No, nope. you know Facebook I mean? changed. Like, you can that. have a best friend in the world as a guy and be like and not be sure about his birthday. You're like, yep. I think it's August. 20-something. You're right, though, Matt. That is definitely one thing Facebook is good for. But then yes, you've got you got, ja- you got jackass friends like I've got that they'll, like, intentionally change their birthday just to, like, kind of pull a rib on people be like, <laughs> I have my birthday July 2nd. Like, I know damn well your birthday ain't July 2nd. <laughs> well, guys don't so, care about birthdays. That's a, that is mostly women. My brother cares about his birthday weirdly as a man, but most I, men care nothing about I their know. birthdays at all. Women yeah. celebrate, like, half birthdays. I've been with women who celebrate half birthdays. I've heard of like those. Like celebrated. Like literally, we got a party. Not, like, yeah, like we're going to do something. I'm like, for what? Like our my half birthday. Uh, guys, I want to work backwards. We'll get into the Oklahoma State game, and we've got this yeah. week's show and next week's show to talk about uh, West Virginia. Texas a quarter of the way through the season, and we'll get into West Virginia mm-hmm. next week. And we've got two shows to basically do this, but I, I want to focus on the injuries at the top because that is top of mind. I agree. And going forward for this team, Rod, I think that's the one thing that – Everybody wants to know, okay, how do you make do if you're Texas with all these injuries? So, on the injury front, Caden Stearns got a tib-fib ligament issue out for four weeks. Expected to be out for four weeks. He will miss OU. Josh Thompson, foot surgery, done for the year. 
Eight to ten weeks. He's going to miss all you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Josh That's Thompson. all the Niners know. <laughs> well, I'm just sorry. I'm just going, yeah, the uh, theme. Un- undetermined specific period of time is what Texas said. We've heard eight to ten weeks, which pretty He's much done. Josh Thompson's done for He's the done. year. Jalen Green dislocated shoulder out at least a month. He's going to miss all you. Uh, and, Rod, I want to get your take on the Jalen Green situation because you've been there, done that, unfortunately. Uh, Marcus Tillman, MCL sprain, done for the rest of the year. So the Tillman thing, that's unfortunate because he that was – That was like the first play of the game? Yeah, the yeah, opening it was like an, well, It was a bad omen. That was. That was like foreshadowing. Yeah, that So sucks. let's take uh, totality of the secondary injuries. Got Green done for a month. Stern's done for roughly four weeks. Maybe he's month. back before yeah. then. Who knows? Josh Thompson pretty much done for the year. Got B.J. Foster working his way back from a hamstring injury. And DeMarvion Overshone with a back issue. Yeah. So, Rod, I think this week, in this bye week for Tom Herman, probably putting your DBs in bubble wrap. I don't know if you are Pretty or not. Much. But yeah, you don't need to. Yeah, for the guys that can play, the guys like Chris Brown and... Chris Brown, Brandon Jones. Chris Brown, Brandon Jones. You don't need to see much from them at all. Yeah, they just need to rest. And you hope, hope you're, you're basically praying that... B.J. Foss and DeMarvion Overshone that their recovery is going well, um, that it's going well enough for either them to be back. And I know the world of the street is that, you know, they're supposed to be back. Everybody seems to be back for West Virginia. That'd be great because then your biggest issues would, would be back at the cornerback position with no Jalen Green and him being injured and then trying to figure out basically out of your – second and third best corners who you need to put out there versus one of the most explosive offenses in the country in OU and trying to get those guys ready for OU. Think about this at the corner position. Going into the Oklahoma State game, the staff, we got a read on how they felt about that position based on the fact that they moved Josh Thompson from safety to corner yeah. to compete with those other three guys opposite of Jalen Green. Like Jalen Green hasn't been the guy they've worried about. Yes, he didn't have no, a great game against LSU. Fine. And I think we saw in the first half of the Oklahoma State game there's something there with Jalen Green. Pro not football a f- focus in their Big 12 team of the week had him as their flex. Yeah. And that he only played, I think, like a few, you know, I mean, he only played with a half of football, basically, uh, 14 cover snaps, and he played so well. They had him as their flex on their Big 12 team of the week defensively. Yeah. So I'm with you. Yeah, Jalen Green was going to show, and even Tyler Nando said that. He yeah. said, I'm not worried about Jalen Green. Jalen Green's going to, we just worried about him that when he's going to break out. We don't know when it's going to happen, but he right. will break out. It, it, the other, other guy at corner, they don't know who the hell right. is going to be. And they have no even, idea who that guy is. And we then even, his replacement just got hurt because you go. he had to bring Thompson from a different position at one point. Yeah, we mm-hmm. even started to hear last year that Jalen Green might have been last year the best pure man cover guy, guy, guy you had. Roster. Yeah. And I think we're starting to see some of that. We were seeing some of that with Jalen Green. But now your pool of corners, mm. your three veterans, are three guys that if you're Jason Washington and Todd Orlando, clearly you had – Trust issues or concerns with those three guys because you moved Josh Thompson. You felt good about Jalen Green, both those guys out now. I would think Kenyatta Watson was working with the safeties leading up to the Oklahoma State mm-hmm. game. I would think Kenyatta Watson moves yeah. back to corner at this point. I, and, I, I, yeah, and you, out of necessity. And you got to start figuring out, okay, what can he do? Not, uh, can he? No, he's going to need to give you something. The, the focus should be now, what can he do? What can he handle? Yeah. Rod, I don't know the best way to attack this corner position. Me personally, just looking at it and trying to fit the pieces together, I would probably put Deshaun Jameson into the boundary and have Kobe Boyce play the field and then just kind of go off field and see where things are at throughout the game. Um, Yeah, I mean, Anthony Cook's not hurt. But at this point, it seems like he's bringing it up the rear in the competition. Now, obviously, yeah. the coaches aren't happy with what they've seen with Anthony Cook because we haven't heard much about him. As you pointed out, they moved Josh Thompson over there um, and, and valued his versatility uh, in that game versus Oklahoma State, even though Anthony Cook, I think I saw him play, but I got to go back and kind of track how many he plays, but not many at all. Yeah. So, And I think he just played because they needed bodies out there. So I, I think at this point, I agree with you. Um, yeah, because yeah, I think Deshaun Jameson in coverage – He's a little bit more aggressive, uh, and I think in 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 coverage like that on the boundary, you want somebody who's going to be aggressive. You're going to get a lot of the high percentage routes, so at least maybe he'll give himself a shot. Kobe Boyce is he's tentative when he plays, so maybe the field longer throws will give him a chance to make plays on the ball too. I mean, it's the it's the basically the worst case scenario uh, yeah. for that for the cornerback position right now. Uh, you don't trust any of those guys. Now we're wondering if Todd Lendo's going schematically. 
you know, change the defense exactly. a little bit schematically. You have to adjust for that. There's no way you can go into no. You can't. It has. Yeah, you can't, can't be the same the, defense. You don't have a yeah. Kevin Stearns over the top to be able to be. And, that's, that, and we haven't gotten to. I'm just talking the cornerback. Oh, yeah. You're right. Yeah. No. It <laughs> all holds. Yeah. The yeah, it all works as a one unit. And you're right. Cornerback right now. Those guys are going to need help. And they gave him a lot of help in Oklahoma State. They gave him a lot of help. Even with Jalen Green, they gave him a lot of help over the top. But that's because you did have most of your safeties available, or at least more of them than you do now. And uh, when you look at just the personnel now that. That it, you're lucky that now you don't want the injuries to happen, but having the buy to where Orlando gets two full weeks to at least put different pieces into positions and see what you have some time to sample and try yeah, stuff you out. That, and you can literally, yeah, it's sort of like a mini camp. It Camps, is. You got to figure weeks, out who can cover and who can't, weeks. who's you, good in zone, who's not. There who you go. And how, who, who works well together and yeah. whose deficiencies can be masked by other guys. So at least you're luckily right here at this point at the bye when you basically have to start with the new secondary. Because if you don't get Foster over Sean Beck, like you're literally talking about, you had what, nine or ten guys you liked coming in and now you're down to a secondary yeah it's scary <laughs> there's no other way to really describe it i mean it's scary those guys are gonna grow though like like reps you 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 guys get better with more reps i think the assumption is with deshaun jameson that he's gonna get better with more reps i don't know if that the same assumption is with kobe boyce because he's so inconsistent and yeah. he is a veteran We've but deshaun jameson is a guy that yeah that changed positions last year I think it's more about a comfort, like a comfortability with him. Like, hey, man, is he comfortable there yet? To the point where he's, he, he knows the defense, he knows his alignment assignment, and now he can just go out there and play football, and he's not even thinking about it. I think now he's still, and honestly, in Oklahoma State game, he was really aggressive. It was less thinking. It was more reacting for him. And I think that's why they like him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kobe Boyce is a thinker. He thinks. Right? It, the play's happening in two seconds. Once you start thinking, you're already done. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think they want that instinctive corner to Sean Jameson out there. They figure, yeah, he'll get beat, but at least he'll actually have a chance to make more plays on the football. And if you look at just what the, we've seen results-wise this week and in recent weeks, because you've continued to have injuries or even hampered injuries to these same players in previous weeks. And so when you've seen reps, it actually looks as if these guys have performed a little bit better because there was a lot more of a worry a few weeks ago we're back in camp. And yep. even though it isn't good, when they're being forced into action due to injury, it wasn't that huge of a drastic drop-off during the game, which is actually mm-hmm. surprising. You may, like I said, nobody knew Chris Adamora would end up having a good game. They threw him out there in the fire and got a great PBU down there in the end zone. And then, of course, came up with the clutch onside oh, yep. kick. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I Chris Kenyatta Brown, Watson. Brown's like your most consistent and yeah, like good playmaker. Like, your point, like by Kenyatta Watson, you, now you got to see what he can do. Now you got to see if he can give you um, some good reps. And hell, if he go out there and actually starts making plays, you know, maybe you maybe you have to throw a puppy out there before he's ready to be a dog and just say, hey, man, go out there and just give it everything you got. Just fight. I need you to fight yeah. at that cornerback spot. Yeah. So, yeah, I, get, it, it, like I, I agree with Matt. It's mini camp all over again. These You got like eight, eight, eight days basically to try to <laughs> evaluate these guys all over again and see where they are or reevaluate. Let me ask you this, Rod. I don't want to, you know, the guy's a sophomore. He's four games into his sophomore year, so I don't want to say it's now or never. But is it now or never for Anthony Cook, like with this opportunity he's got, considering how bad of a camp he had by all accounts, and it hasn't started well like anybody thought it would start for him this season? No. Is it kind of now or never for him? Like with Jalen Green out, this is his opportunity. to If he's going to get back in this mix and be the guy that everybody kind of assumed he could be, he's got to do it now, right? Well, you have to because if you're the coaches and they're going to have their brunch, right, or something, off their uh, bi-week brunch or something coming up, I guarantee you one of the topics to discuss will be we got to recruit corners. We need corners. It's crazy to think that because they've been recruiting secondary really well, but a lot of the guys have been versatile DBs who have kind of moved into the safety position. They need they need guys. They need cover corners, and yeah. I and I don't know the recruiting aspect of it in the class well, and what they got already, but I guarantee, and that's why he needs to pick it up because they're going to recruit over him pretty soon. You mentioned mm-hmm. that like, it's I, just going to happen. It's I natural. Did, I did think it was interesting that they didn't find anything they liked, but in that twenty twenty or the twenty nineteen cycle, they kicked the tires and looked at okay, is there anything corner wise in the grad transfer market or the JUCO market that's appealing? Yeah. Because they wanted a veteran presence at yeah. corner. They and they didn't know what it. they had with those other guys. Right. And like you said, none of those guys have taken ownership of that spot yet. It's been up for grabs. Like Even Jalen Green, like they thought they knew what they had with Jalen Green, but they didn't really know Yeah, and until ma- they got him on the field. Yeah. No, that I, I agree with you. I don't, so I think if you're Anthony Cook right now, even for, 
for his own psyche. I mean, it's as a cornerback, I can't think of many D guys at DBU. There are exceptions to the rule. I think Chris Brown actually is an exception to the rule. You know what I mean? Where a guy becomes a late bloomer yeah. at DBU. Late bloomers at DBU are rare. Usually yeah. DBU, you see, you see pretty early on, oh, that guy can play. Like, give me, other than Chris Brown, hell, even Ahmad Brooks started as a freaking sophomore. Give me the guy, give me a late bloomer in DBU. Not many. Late, late bloomers don't happen at DBU, yeah. baby, because we're bringing them in so many good ones. That Technically, we, Aaron Ross, because he just couldn't get in the well, door. Aaron Ross, yeah, he wasn't playing. Yeah, once he played, he was he was, he was, yeah, no, yeah, he was fine. That's the only thing uh, I can think but of. But it's kind of been my thing. Like, I don't remember a lot of late bloomers at DBU, guys that all of a sudden their senior year, like they step up and have this great, like, damn. Uh, I mean, Were Ryan Palmer maybe qualified? I thought about that, but I didn't. Ryan, mean, I guess, but if you want, I mean, yeah. Or, Br- or Brandon Foster. Yeah, they got could, jobs late. would consider late. that. I will say that they would consider those down years of DBU. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just saying like like those, I agree. I mean, that's why those I didn't guys, mention that. Like, and they, not, not, and no, but that's where we're at, guys. though. That's and they got their DBU greatness, All-American, All-Conference, NFAO type players, those guys, and that's what usually Texas is putting on the field. That's the goal. Those guys are on late bloomers. Yeah, because Aaron Ross and Michael Griffin freshmen and were sophomores, they were either starting or already getting started. Yeah, because even like Adrian Phillips on, in a loaded secondary was playing as a true freshman. Yeah, like every like those guys play. Like the it's Quandre just Diggs if you can't see freshman. if you can't even earn right earn your right on the field as a freshman or a sophomore, usually, you know, you I'm not saying they give up on you, but they they recruit past you. Like it's already somebody in the pipe. There's a there's behind me was Michael Huff and Cedric Griffin and Aaron Ross. If yeah. Rod B wasn't producing, Rod B was done. Yep. Like that's just the way it's supposed to be. So I don't know. That I'm with you. I think that's going to the, your point about Anthony Cook, dude. It's now or never because at that point, I think coaches wisely will start recruiting to get them a true cover corner. Yeah, because if you can't make the jump Dylan now, when are you, you going to make it when you know Keaton Crawford and Ethan Pouncey and all these guys get here next year? Yeah, and you Kenyatta know I mean? Watson's a year older and Jalen Green comes back from injury. Yeah, like I don't know. That's usually not how it works in the rate of development. But like I said, Chris Brown. I like the, he's he's playing at all conference level right now. Yeah. He's playing unbelievable football. You brought Ryan Palmer and their guys. So their guys there. I mean, you know what I mean. But you're, it's rare. You're saving grace in the secondary right now, though, is how good Chris Brown has been. And we don't talk enough about the consistency of Brandon, Brandon Jones. Jones, man. Yep. Yes, I know he the issue with the punt in the Oklahoma State game. That's special that was, teams, Brandon Jones, not DB Brandon Jones. They're <laughs> totally different. different. So is that like <laughs> your guys. is that your take that like Hulk Hogan is not a racist, but Terry Bollea is a racist? <laughs> exactly. Okay. That's the truth. <laughs> different yeah. duties. De- Brandon. Jones on special teams. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I didn't recognize. Hell, Nathan Vasher is, some, is a different guy on special teams. I've seen him make Hulk Hogan fights to the before. right of every man, Rod. Every man. <laughs> Terry Bollea, not so much. Apparently. No, but I think for Brandon Jones, he has been, considering the position they put him in by switching him to nickel, and I still think nickel's the toughest position to play, arguably on defense in the Big 12. And he did it almost seamlessly, and it seems like he actually is still playing at a really high level, even though they put him in a position that I think is tougher to play than the safety position. I, I think Brandon Jones, behind Joseph Asai, it might be your MVP on defense. I, I think Mikel him. Thompson maybe will fit our profile. That it got late. There bloomer. you go, Matt. Oh, okay. late bloomer. That's a good his point. Senior, his fifth year, he but he made was him. playing early. Point is, and is, Coach Akina said, told me as a sophomore, this guy's got Jim Thorpe Award type ability. Which is so crazy. going back to my point, he played early. And then Anthony Cook down. can't see the field right now. Yeah. Like, he can't see the field yeah. where, and they got an open competition at corner. That's different. Mikhail Thompson was playing early, though. He was playing there early A little on. bit. I mean, but we're talking about a young guy like Cook but and sophomore. I'm talking like he can't even – listen, I, so, I struggled as a young sophomore, but I was on the field because cool, it was I'm like just saying this McHale, guy – We don't have Rod to Rod Jalen McHale, Green, he will, he will end up – the light will go off for him. He's that kind of player. That means what they're seeing in practice, they don't even think he, he's gonna, the light's going to come on for him. Like yeah. they're not even putting him on the field. He's not even well, in the competition. They was moved for Josh Thompson there because they wanted him fourth in the cornerback competition on the opposite side of Jalen Green. Think no. about that. And Josh Agreed, Thompson actually played. That's what I'm saying. Thing, like, yeah. dude, he's not even. He, he's not. Don't disrespect Mikael Thompson no, by I'm putting just him trying in to bring up a category. name. Just trying to bring up a name. But yeah. there was also two years that he went to the bench, and then his last year, senior year, when Charlie came, he became a starter. But he kept but going back to the bench and coming back on. He kept going back and forth. That means coaches were struggling. Right? Oh, should we play him? He's really, really talented. But he sucks. He's really, really talented. But he sucks. You know what I mean? He's the when only guy like, I can think of. He's the only guy Period. I can think of. Nobody's even. Nobody's fighting for him and saying he's really, really talented. We got to put him out there. No coach is right now. Remember you telling you telling stories about some of your heated debates with Coach Akina about Mikael Thompson. 
Oh man, no, well, I just I didn't agree that he was a Thor. He had Thor for what we're done but I mean, the Giants did. The Giants drafted him ahead of Quandre Diggs. Mm-hmm. I remember, you know I, mean? I remember calling, <laughs> I remember calling Mikel on draft day and him kind of being at a loss for words. He's like, I didn't think they were going to take me because he, he looked. Fi- he figured that the Giants were really the only team that was that interested, and he was like, Hey, just hang out, and after the draft, they'll probably call and get this free agent deal done. But no, fifth round, they. Ahead of ahead of Quandre Diggs, who's one of the best DBs in in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. Like they they was they I think they talked to Coach Aquina and they saw the physical traits. They were like, dude, if this if the light goes off of this guy, it could be really. it could be yeah. This guy has Pro Bowl potential. Everything written all over him. It's like, well, still got to play if ball. It, if it weren't if it weren't for Aaron <laughs> if it weren't for Aaron Ross between you and Mikel Thompson, Giants fans will freak out the next time they draft the Texas DB. The same exactly. <laughs> the Giants say the same thing about Rod B. That guy sucked. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's just – yeah, but, yeah. Mikel Thompson, I, I think he – yeah, he played early on. Like, I don't think he was – he plays a sophomore. Playing 13 games. Did he, I sophomore. think starter, yeah. start Playing 12 too. games as a freshman. I mean, he was playing the whole time. So, like, he didn't have started every game, but he was playing. And the Cook ain't even playing. Right. And they put they – put, they put Chris Adamora out there, dude. They put Anthony Cook out there. Come on, dude. They're like, uh, 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 uh Anthony, get out of the way. Yeah, yeah, Chris Adamora, come on, man, let's go. Like, DBs are dropping like flies, guys. Yeah. You lost four of them in the game, and they couldn't put Anthony Cook on the field? That's they're, not they, good. They're fearful of putting that guy on the field. Yeah. Yep. You know, get back, I want to get back to Brandon Jones, though. Like, I asked him about making the move to nickel. And he gave me kind of an interesting answer. Um, he said really doesn't change a whole lot for him because in his position in that safety room, Craig Niver tries to make sure those safeties, they know field, they know boundary, they know joker, they know nickel, just in case yeah. he's got to shift guys around, he's got to move things. And he said the biggest difference is he said, he said obviously his, his vision has changed because he's used to seeing things from the back end, so it's really more of a compressed area. He's like, so it's kind of weird not knowing, you know, there's stuff going on behind you and you don't know what's going yeah, on. Yeah. He said, but then it just comes down to just covering guys. Pretty much, yeah. It's more instinctual that nickel. I mean, for him, when he's blitzing, obviously that's all about timing and him uh, being a kind of decipher, like you know, BGO and ball snap when the ball is snapped. And if he's in zone coverage, obviously things are a little bit easier. But you're looking at route concepts with the number one, number two receiver are doing, and how you know how the offense is kind of uh, game playing against you. What what concepts they're using to attack you, and then when you're a man, you got to cover man, but. I will say, and man, he's held up pretty good. He did have the Stoner uh, play where Stoner got behind him, but because he didn't give up on the play, he was able to get to PBU. Yeah, I think pretty... that was a, that was a really good play design by Oklahoma State too. If you watch that, I'm sure it was. Yeah. yeah, I mean, no, you're not gonna listen at nickel, man. You're gonna have times where you're gonna bit get, you know, you're gonna get beaten on the play. Um, hopefully, you get beaten to your help. You know, what I mean, you get beaten where you can recover. He's he's. I think he's played really really well at nickel. I think he's making himself some money. Yeah, I think so... NFL scouts are looking at him going. Oh, he could cover too. Yeah. Okay. So let's like try that. to let's try to piece this secondary together. So we know what corner is. You throw Kenyatta Watson in there. You know what, Rod? I don't think it's going to happen, but I wouldn't be a I wouldn't be totally shocked if they didn't get Chris Adamora a look at corner. Interesting. Just because of what I've heard of him hmm. in camp when the pads came on, that whether it was Devin Duvernay or Jake Smith, hmm. he did really well when they told him, "Hey, Wherever that guy goes, cat, you got him. Cat coverage, baby. Yeah, get that cat. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, I mean, I haven't looked at his. Well, how big is he? Like, what's his? Because his body style is kind of six comp- foot two hundred. Yeah, it's compact enough to be able to do it. Basically, yeah. No, I, I could, I could see that. I mean, you, right now you just need bodies. Yeah, and somebody that can do it adequately. A, there's not a bad option you can. That's take not there. a bad option. No, no, I'm with you. I think you need creative ideas right now about how to just be able to get to, to manufacture depth at corner, especially if you don't trust Anthony Cook and he's not ready to take you to the next level. Um, and again, so, you yeah. know, you, you know, Josh Thompson's not coming back, and coming you back. don't really know when Jalen Green's coming back. Yeah, so you need to actually, like, literally, potentially, basically, go a month. Or longer with whoever you got now, or whatever you're going to have at corner. I'll take it a step further than Matt did it, Rod. This this bye week, it's almost like you're back to spring ball. Where you're just experimenting. Yeah. yeah. No, you got to re- reevaluate. You got to find out who can cover and who can't. Yeah. Who your two best man coverage guys? Who can play bump? Who's better in zone coverage? For you know, situational defense, because yes. you're going to have to have there a lot go. of these different things in one game may change to the next, Great and point. you know it's going to against Oklahoma yeah. and Lincoln Riley. Totally so he's agree. got to know what tools can be used in what situations. Like maybe, yeah, because of because the Sean Jamison is only five nine, and we know in the, at least in the spring he had issues covering bigger receivers. Maybe in red zone situations, maybe Chris Adamore becomes your boundary corner, or Kenyatta Watson becomes your boundary corner. Yeah, 
I know I'm with you. I think you got to get creative. I, I wouldn't be against that either. Just to, and I would say you have maybe because you're rotating guys, you know what defense to play when you if you're going to rotate some of those guys in and out, and you kind of just play to their strengths. Right. Um, but man, it's going to be it's going to be a true man a test, a hell of a test for Todd Orlando the next month in the Big Twelve. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's and we thought we thought this Oklahoma State game was a test for him, and it really was. And I think he passed with fine colors. But the next month is going to be a hell of a challenge to go through the Big 12 without basically with your third or fourth best corners or whatever it is he's going to have to do. It's going to be a pretty, pretty, it's going to be a daunting task. I remember we used to joke about like just imagining Will Muschamp in a room just like watching film and that's all he does. Like right now, Orlando may not sleep for the next two weeks because he has to basically recreate an entire defense pretty before much. the whole season's on the line. I agree with that. Yeah. So we know what corner looks like. When you look at the safety position, Rod, the interesting thing for me is when if let's say BJ Foster is ready to go for West Virginia, which hey, sounds like it sounds like that's gonna be the case. That'd be great. That'd be huge. Do you leave Brandon Jones at nickel and just put BJ Foster at deep safety or without Caden Stearns, do you value the speed and veteran presence of Brandon Jones more back deep as opposed to being in the nickel? I think it all depends on the I think that's a matchup thing. I think you gotta use Brandon Jones weekly as a matchup guy. Like if they got somebody in the slot that can that, that can really do some damage to you, and they use their slot receivers like that, like we use Duvernay, like CD Lamb. Like, yeah, their age, they, they treat their slot like we treat our age. Then you need Brandon Jones in that slot. You do, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that way you can you can still have BJ Fall. And the thing about Chris Brown and BJ Foster, both of them are really physical at the line of scrimmage. Right. Like both of those guys, I could see playing in the box and, and no issue at all. Honestly, I'd be worried about their range. And I don't know, I, does Chris Brown have more range as a safety probably than BJ Foster? He might. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. BJ Foster's got good range. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, yeah. I, I, that's what I'm saying. If you want to think about moving a center field safety or like that field safety, and I know it sounds crazy to move Chris Brown away from the line of scrimmage and away from the box because he's so good there. But if you got BJ Foster back, you're starting to play to guy's strengths, right? You're saying, hey, this guy does this well. BJ Foster's your best blitzer. He needs to be near the line of scrimmage. He needs to be in the box. You know that needs to be what he does. And, and, and Chris, coming off a hamstring, maybe not good. And to maybe be exactly, running. maybe not have him running. Yeah, from sideline to mm-hmm. sideline. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I agree. I think you just kind of take that basis on the. And I agree. Sometimes Brandon Jones will be better as your center fielder when you don't have a Caden Stearns because maybe against Oklahoma, mm-hmm. maybe you're gonna need that that blanket. Maybe you're gonna need that safety blanket against yeah. Oklahoma. You know what I mean? That's, maybe Oklahoma, you got to try. And who would play nickel then? That's the question. At least you have a couple people that can. Chris, like that's what's Chris, good about it. Chris Brown. I, mean, I wouldn't trust BJ Foster playing nickel now with that hand. I mean, honestly, uh, you might have to look at how much nickel does Chris Adamora play now. Because Chris saying. Adamora is technically your backup nickel now. Yeah, you might have to see. And you know what? Maybe that's perfect. Like you said, maybe he needs to be playing about thinking about playing nickel in corner right now because that's what you need. Yeah. Right now, just to just kind of yeah. fill out the roster. Because I agree against certain teams. I'd rather Brandon Jones playing that center field since we don't have Caden Stearns. It was beautiful when you had Caden Stearns mm-hmm. and Brandon Jones. It's like, well, we got a center fielder, so we can always put Brandon Jones to nickel, and we're still good safety at the top. And I, by the way, I thought Caden Stearns actually played one of his better games this year mm-hmm. against Oklahoma State too. But now with no center field, no natural center fielder, you got to make the determination week by week which one is more important, my nickel or my center field safety. Or the other thing you can figure out too is can Montrell still continue to function for you as that, no, one of those deep safeties? Yeah, Montrell Estelle. We like got to pick. That was, one of my, that, that was one yeah. of my. That was one of my. That was one of my takeaways. Montrell Estelle's in that category. <laughs> that was one of my takeaways right after the game because I've got to do like an instant reactions piece that goes live right at kickoff, and that was my takeaway was just think of, think about this like Texas at the end of that game, no Caden Stearns, no BJ Foster, no Demar overshone, and you've still got playmakers on the field at safety. Yeah, and no Chris Jim. Brown's making yeah. plays. Brandon Jones is making plays. Adam Moore is making plays. Yeah, like, Thompson. Like yeah. back to your right. point though, Rod. Like corner, it should be a need in recruiting. You're oozing talent at safety right now. You really are. You're finding out guys you didn't even know that could play at that high level, like you know Chris Brown. So I'm Montreal. Montreal still has a pick in, in the Oklahoma State game. Yeah. No, it's good. That sort of reminds me, of, like you were saying, the DBs behind you in your class. That you know, we I remember not knowing who Huff was or Griffin was, but in the third or fourth quarters, those dudes would come in ball hawking and be taking balls back the other way. And yeah. like, if you get that drop off where you've never seen this guy in action and you have an injury that may be catastrophic, and then you don't. Don't notice much drop off. It's like okay, there's some depth being formed here. So you still have depth at safety. That is freaky considering how much the guy, how many guys you lost, and you still have. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot all about Montreal Estelle. So the truth is, basically, going back to our initial 
idea about trying to mitigate the damage at corner. Even before we had to deal with the Oklahoma State game, or even back before the Louisiana Tech game, we were talking about it. Mm-hmm. You take your depth at safety, and you figure out which one of those guys can cover, and then you start to fill in the holes at corner if you need. And right now, you desperately need it. So, yeah, yeah I'm with you. Chris Adamora, I think you might just need to put him at corner and nickel right now to try to see if you can fill out some depth just to give you more mm-hmm. options there, you know what I mean, to evaluate. If you don't know it, yeah. learn it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, what I mean, you know, it'll help him. It really mm-hmm. will. Like, it'll make him a better player. No question about yeah, it. Yeah, I think at the very least, you, based on the, the Brandon Jones scenario we just laid out, and what do you do against Oklahoma? Uh, we don't want to look. Past yeah, we're not West looking Virginia, ahead. Trust but me. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you, the team can't. We can't. We can do whatever the heck we want on the <laughs> podcast. But that's a game where you're going to need Chris Adamore in that nickel position. Yeah, Oklahoma. Yep, you're going to need a physical presence there, and you're going to need somebody that can cover in that nickel. Yeah, and that can run. So. I, I agree with you, I think. And then you're still also going to need a center fielder. You're going to need somebody mm-hmm. that can help you over the top with the big plays because you know they're going to chunk it deep, too. And then if if that's, <laughs> Jones, if that's Jones, then the fact we know how much Todd Orlando loves to blitz with his safeties and get that havoc rate with his safeties, now your X factor becomes, okay, is DeMarvion Overshone back by the Oklahoma game? Like, when is DeMarvion Overshone ready? Yeah, what's the percentage of B.J. Foster? How healthy is he? Yeah. You know what I mean? And So it's it's not – You don't have Chris Brown. I, just, I still think you're, you're, you're still okay. You're, like, you're great at safety still. If those – if Overshone and B.J. Foster are on track, if they're not, then you got some trouble there too. Right. So this you is a mean? big week for those guys. This is a big week for those to, guys. Yeah. to make sure that they're right going into and the honestly, game. And honestly, I, I wouldn't think they'd be doing I – don't, I, I don't know where they are in their recovery, but I would think, like you said, n- no DBs, no safeties are doing a damn thing like this week. I'm just – I'm yeah. waiting on game week to see if everybody can come back as healthy as possible for game week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was on with uh, Bucky and Aaron Tuesday morning, and Aaron kind of let off with asking, okay, well, based on the injuries – what is a secondary? How do you feel about the Oklahoma game? And I'm like, even if everybody was healthy, still be still I'd still be concerned about the Oklahoma <laughs> game. Like, hey, <laughs> actually, now I'm yeah. more concerned about it. I will say because watching Spencer Sanders out there as a as an elite runner at the quarterback position in the plus mm-hmm. one, eh, it's got me a little concerned. Yeah. Not gonna lie. <laughs> Not gonna lie. I, I kept thinking about Jalen Hurts uh, at that time. I was like, well, I know because for some reason Jalen Hurts' foot speed looks so much quicker than he did in that at offense, Alabama. In it's that weird. Off, exactly. In that offense, he looks. <laughs> he, he looks, looks like faster. Spencer Sanders. He looks more explosive in that offense. It's yeah. weird, but I think it's just because of the offense. Honestly, yeah. yeah. All right, it is time for our first break on this week's show. But on the other side, there is plenty of more Texas football talk. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns twenty four seven. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Once again, Jeff Howe. Well, let's uh, let's talk about Spencer Sanders and that Texas Contest. defense against yeah. the Oklahoma State There's offense. And, Rod, I think if you said going into the game, Chuba Hubbard's going to have 3.3 a carry and Tylen Wallace will catch five balls for less than 100 yards and not score, mm. you'd say, oh, Texas probably wins that game by a couple touchdowns. And honestly – had it not been for the say, two muff punts, very close. maybe it's there. <laughs> yeah. Yep, very but close. But we talked, you know, for the LSU game, how and maybe it was the Texas staff not thinking. Tom Herman's kind of he kind of he did say the Thursday before the Oklahoma State game that maybe LSU was a little bit better offensively than they thought. The plan against LSU was not good offensively. Uh, like, it we, no, I mean, I'm sorry, it wasn't, defensively. It wasn't creative or innovative. You know what I mean? Like it just what like I, I to me they did not get a schematic advantage really through the game plan in right. my opinion. Right? It was a very structurally sound offense you're against that it yeah. seemed it was going to need something impressive from Orlando to go and out there. It just seemed like again the further away we get from that game, to me, my takeaway from it is. I really think the Texas staff used that game as a barometer to see, hey, athlete for athlete, from a physicality standpoint, against a team that should be top five right team. in the mix yeah. for the, for a CFP spot, how do we stack up? I think that's how they approached it. And that's why I think Tom Herman said, we knew win or lose, we were going to be better for that game. It's mm-hmm. just me kind of piecing all that together. But, Rod, that. what did we talk about, though? We said because of how important this staff knows the, it takes the Big 12 schedule compared to non-conference, especially as these programs continue to build, the game plans for Oklahoma State are going to be much better. Yeah, that's all. And for Todd Orlando, game plan for Oklahoma State was much better. It was, college. yeah. It was a very yeah. You got to give him props. He earned some. Uh, he earned some street cred with and that game plan. Tom Herman talked about it after the end, but basically what Texas did was they played trap coverage to one side of the field, which was taking the nickel and the corner, and basically you're going to air quotes trap any kind of outcut curl 
basically anything short so you can yeah. be aggressive and run support. Where that does not apply to, that did not apply to Tylen Wallace's side of the field, which they're going to try to double, double Tylen Wallace all the yeah. time. And what trap coverage, in, in effect, forced Spencer Sanders to do was it was the defense telling him, look, you're basically in a cover two shell and everything vertical is getting passed off to the safety. And it's basically Todd Orlando saying, look, young man, if you can hit that 40-yard post route and one-on-one coverage, then I'll tip my cap to you. You did a good job. Yeah. But those were the throws they were going to give him. And Rod, he hit an uncomfortable amount of them. I I thought I thought Oklahoma State should try to throw more of those over the top, you mm-hmm. know, kind of where he's scrambling, keeping the play alive, and just kind of chunking it just deep to, to get a Texas to do something else. Wide receiver, yeah. I, they never Todd Orlando it, never had to deviate from the plan. Yeah, and and honestly, there are a lot of times where those guys got behind Texas because it's really hard to cover what we call the movement routes, where that's when a, a, a wide receiver doesn't stop; they're just running, you know, clear across the field, whether it be a post route or a long crossing route or a drag, whatever. Call them movement routes. When a guy's run, there's a movement route. He's literally a streaking. He is. He's basically blown up the coverage. The coverage doesn't exist anymore. Coverage yeah. the shell of it, and, and cover two safeties over the top. It doesn't exist anymore. Once a guy is streaking to the other sideline, you know what I mean. You're passing off routes, so he didn't test the communication of the safeties. You had Texas DBs dropping like flies. If I was him, honestly, I'd have ran deep crossing routes. Mm. All right, all night long with a with a delayed drag route or the running back out as an, an outlet, a, a late a late release by a running back, giving Spencer Sanders time to extend the play and giving him options like a dump off. Mm-hmm. And he never did that. There was never a there was never a delayed release. Because think about it, the yeah. safeties are dropping deep. They're all sprinting back, and all the all the, and the defensive line was pushing. Right, they were either trying to get to Spencer Sanders or they were trying to cover guys on the back end. What's in between? Late releases, baby. Mm-hmm. The tight end should have been the cowboy back. The running back, which we know Gundy for some reason hates throwing the ball. A running back, which I still don't understand. These days just, he does. He used yeah, to not. If he just thrown it to Chuba one or two times, a good chance that Chuba probably would have got 30, 40 yards because there's nobody covering the running backs. And they never Because he never do. throws to them. Doesn't even target them. <laughs> Doesn't even target them. All year. He never used play action. I never saw any. There was no screens. Yep. Like, what was the screens? Texas was really aggressive. Our corners were coming in the backfield yeah. to try to stop run plays. Where was the screen? So if I was an Oklahoma State fan, I just kept looking going, damn, this is one of the worst adjustments that I've ever seen by Mike Gunn. As a matter of fact, I don't think I saw an adjustment. Yes. Other than let's run the run, let's run the quarterback because he's our best chance to get explosive plays in the running. You game. had the stat going into the game that Oklahoma State, I think, was a sixty-six, sixty-seven percent of the time run rate on first down was sixty-seven percent in the first three games. It was seventy-three. It was seventy-three point five percent, I believe, uh-huh, on first down, twenty-eight to eight <laughs> in this game. And Mike Gundy, like, so he, he ran the ball more on first down. Yeah, Mike Gundy went four. against kind of what he's it's been crazy. in some of these big games he's coached in, where it, it, it's almost it's not like. Belichick levels, but it's almost like he's giving you. It's almost like he's setting you up to give you. He's giving you bad information. Yes, it's, misinformation. It's, it's misinformation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I thought he would break tendency. He yeah. never broke tendency. No, he didn't. And, and was, I, was, I was like, oh, he's going to break tendency yeah. here pretty soon. He's going to do something freaky and crazy. And he never broke tendency. He played right into the hands of Tarlando and give Tarlando credit because it was Tarlando's game plan, mm-hmm. which I think almost forced him into a very uncomfortable corner where he didn't want to be a riverboat gambler. He didn't want to. He want to play the odds. Tarlando basically said, "Listen." You got three threats. You got Chuba, the best, you know, the most pro- prolific and productive running back in the country. You got Tylen Wallace, most productive wide receiver in the country. And you got Spencer Sanders, a dual threat quarterback. I'm going to take away Chuba and I'm taking away Tylen Wallace. If Spencer Sanders can beat me, I'm going to let him beat me. Yeah. And by the way, we had that coming to America moment where that boy's good. Yeah. Where I think all over was like, hey, that boy might beat us. That you got to at good. least prove it first. Yeah, Others are pro- known commodities. And we helped them, right? Basically, it'll have been a two touchdown probably game where Texas wins unless you have the fumbled punts and all that kind of stuff. And Texas getting really conservative on offense. So I think in other phases, Texas helped them. But defensively, you look at it, Tarlando. Basically, I want to make sure I get the stat right because um, it, it's a great stat. In the 10 drives, where Texas kicked off the football mm-hmm. or punted the football to them, and they got it via a kick of some sort. A conventional they, method of a conventional method. They only scored nine points, I believe, on those ten drives. And then on the man, it was four drives, I believe, where they got it via turnover, turnover on downs, interception, Touchdowns. or fumble. 
And I think they scored 21. what twenty, yeah, twenty one points on that. Yeah, so three what you're saying is there you go. So it's there you go. I mean, in a nutshell, it was a Texas offense that basically helped them out. So well, what you're saying is in the fi- in the film room on Sunday, Todd Orlando's throwing stuff at the whiteboard about sudden change defense. Sudden change defense needs needs work. The sudden change defense has, is a problem. But you know, I mean, you haven't had to deal with that because Sam didn't turn the ball over. Yeah. So I would say number one, short field. You just haven't really had a lot of sudden change because Sam didn't turn the ball over very often. And, yeah, I agree with you. I think with a young defense, which is one of the youngest defenses that Texas has seen in, in its history, I think, yeah, you just, those, the, the veterans are the ones. Sudden change, let's go. Like, let's hold them right yeah. here. Remember, Texas was really good at that win. Like, 2017, they were really good They're in sudden change. Good sudden change. Right? Because I think that was a veteran group. Well, and mm-hmm. Sam was turning the ball over a lot. Yeah. So. Really good situation. Yeah. Yeah, More practice. sample size <laughs> and a better sample size. And a better sample size, yeah. So I, I think it's just that's just like a growth and maturity thing. And yeah. then yeah, you talked about the running on first down, though. I charted it. Me and Rod were texting about some of it crazy. last night. But, like, it's crazy to see because when you think of o- Oklahoma State, like you said, you think of not only breaking tendencies, but you think about just somebody running loose behind your defense and getting a big play and winning in the explosives and winning through the pass game. Yeah. And that's what you're fearful when you see Wallace. But then whenever you see, okay, well, Texas was able to double-team Wallace and not really negate him. At the first half, you got a little worried, but then it just sort of disappeared after after that and it really just intertwines with one another because you look at the way that you knew that Gundy and there's that mutual respect between mm-hmm. Herman if they have the numbers advantage you're going to run it and you're if you have an advantage on the outside you're going to take it well yeah. you aren't giving them the man outside so then because you're doubling there you're able to bring less but the main thing is is you're enticing Oklahoma State to run the ball with what they perceive as a numbers advantage yep. yet Coburn yeah. and Roach in the D-line were able to reset Amen. the line and be yep. able to win at the line of scrimmage. So Gundy's making the right coaching play, and Herman knows that he's going to make the right coaching play. And Coach Sanders up to make the right check at the line, and they check at the line before every single play. And then when they see that numbers advantage, they're like, all right, we got it. We're running. And then they end up running 14 times in the first half yeah. for 49 yards, 14 times the second half for 48 yards on first down. And then they only throw those four times each half for 30 yards in a pick. And with Texas knowing that they can sort of now dictate the terms on the defensive side and decide the type of play call they want yep. it allows you to have the numbers advantage to double you're winning up front to negate the running game and then that allows spencer only to win after the texas play breaks already down. won the yeah, play the, yeah the play and breaks that's down. your best offense yeah. and if you're deducing gundy's offense down to that that's awesome and then on the other end breaking tendencies you look at texas and texas didn't have a great uh pass rate on first down but if you go through the first few drives hell you go through the first 12 First down plays, Texas ran 10 times. The thing was is Texas run, 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 run. First time you get a first down in the red zone, pass touchdown. Second time you get into the red zone, you pass touchdown. Those two passes out of those 12 first down ones were breaking Tennessee because all you had done is run the entire game on first down. And then you throw for touchdowns. The most important uh, possession of the drive. And then the very last one touchdown was also a pass play on first down. So Sam Ellinger was 3 for 4 for 96 was the yards. Flicker, the flea flicker part of that? Yeah, uh, that was in the second half to Brewer. So that was also on also first, down. first down. The right? Eagles yeah, yeah. was also in the first. So in the first half, he's 3 for 4 for 96 yards and 3 touchdowns passing. And he only barely broke tendency only in the most leveraged spot. But that's also where Texas's defense gets so good in those small situations with this type of defense that you're doing because you're taking away their red zone target, doubling him, forcing them to run, and it's just feeding you both ways it was well coached on that side by Herman, at least on the chess match aspect. No, that's, on both a, of that's them. a brilliant breakdown, and I think you're round the money. He it basically Todd Orlando bet on his defensive line, and the defensive line was able to flip the numbers, advance back. Because mm-hmm. Keandre Coburn and consistently Roach. reset the line of scrimmage. Malcolm Roach had a great, even Taquan Graham. I saw him flash consistently. Two big it's great. Listen to Herb out Street. there. You saw, Herb so, yeah. Street's like, why are they still running with three minutes left? Yeah. He's like, I sort of understood it before. And while he's saying that Coburn and Roach just eat up a three-yard yeah. loss. Yeah. And, and one thing they also did really well, and I know they missed a lot of tackles. I counted at least 15 missed tackles. They missed a ton of tackles, too. But most of those were on Spencer Sanders. If you go look at when Tylen Wallace and Mm-hmm. Juba Hubbard are trying to make plays. There are a ton of guys, you know what I mean, in their vicinity. There are a ton of guys that are, you know what I mean, you can tell that they are pursuing the football, pursuing those guys specifically. Basically, the game plan was all about, hey, man, Spencer Sanders can go out there and win the Heisman in this game. Yeah. Then we're going to give it up to him. And honestly, he wasn't able to do it. And honestly, if Gundy would have put him in a better position, he might have been able to do it. But 
I agree with you. I think the defensive line and arguably the offensive line is probably what won the game for Texas because they dominated both mm-hmm. lines of scrimmage with the running game and, of course, being able to defend the run. And we've seen one play in like two weeks, like a guy like Coburn has sort of made himself into now. I feel quite confident that we have one of the better D linemen with him and Roach He's, side by side. Yeah. Then it's like, okay, that's formidable. Find another one in the conference. Yeah, if, that guy is, if that guy's going to continue on this <laughs> on this path, then He's a that defense guy. is going to be scary. That defense is going to be scary because that. We all know great Todd Orlando defense, at least recently. They all have that war daddy in the middle, and right now he's becoming a war daddy. It's your freedom and to do whatever you want on the back end like and, you do. And he is the equi- – when Tom Herman's saying that the D-line doing their job doesn't always you know, materialize in stats, he's talking about the D-tackle. Yeah. Because there are other positions we've seen Unless that they actually – Malcolm Roach and Taquan Graham, we can see those guys. They got 12, ta- I mean, 12 tackles for loss, I believe, in that game. You can see those guys. Their effort appears on the stat sheets, but I will say Keandre Coburn's just not. It, mm-hmm. He's like he's no – if you look at the defensive <laughs> box score, bodies. his name doesn't show up. Doesn't and show and up. I, I'm like, surely yeah. you got to credit him with a hurry or something. Pro football focus. Y'all need to work on the D tackle. Like, yeah, he stats mm-hmm. for that guy because, yeah, he does – I call him resets where you reset the line of scrimmage where basically you push the line of scrimmage uh-huh. back. Because he had a ton of those where basically he pushes the yeah. line of scrimmage back. All right, a little pause for the cause right here. One more break on the show, but when we come back, we will wrap this thing up and put it in the oven on this edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. Welcome, everybody, and thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Smokey Cole Bear. Filling in for Smokey on his birthday. Because after 75 years of... Only you can prevent wildfires. Turns out there's much more to say. Just look at the news. Nearly 90% of wildfires are caused by us humans being careless. And I'm not just talking about obvious things like campfires. Or letting your totally sweet nephew, Francis, play with matches. I'm talking about dumping your used barbecue coals willy-nilly. Or parking your car on tall, dry grass. That can lead to... Poof! Guess the song was wrong. We did start the fire. But listen, being a South Carolinian, I respect Mother Nature and her trees, whether coniferous, deciduous, or new car scented. So if you love the outdoors like me, go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention, because fire safety is always in season. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (laughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed.
Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. This is a cow. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. And now Vistaprint is introducing free shipping on all business cards in any quantity. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company. Or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. For a limited time only, get free shipping on all business cards in any quantity with promo code 3131. That's promo code 3131 at Vistaprint.com. Own the now. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. Before we get out of here, I do want you to talk about that, though. Jalen, you're with a dislocated shoulder. I know you've talked yeah, about your shoulder issues um, throughout the years. Yeah, just real quick. I mean, I've had, obviously, three dislocated shoulders. There are degrees of it, of a dislocated shoulder. His right now is probably one of the worst, uh, so that's why they're going to give it time to heal. It will not heal completely. He'll probably have to have surgery once the season's done. That will be recommended to tighten it up so that it heals completely. But if you give it two weeks, it'll it'll get stable enough where right now he probably can't even do bump and run coverage without it slipping out of socket. Hell, mine would slip out while I was sleeping. Like, it would be that, Ugh. you know what I mean, sensitive. And so you want to get to what with stable. You get to you know two or three weeks, and it starts to stabilize a little bit. Then they'll put a brace on a harness on it, and you get to the point where you can actually do some football stuff, maybe tackling, maybe playing bump and run with it. But it's going to be pain tolerance once it gets stable because it will not heal for the rest of the season. Gotcha. That's just a shoulder. Quentin Jammer had the same thing too, right? Matter of fact, yeah. Remember he had to have his worked mm. on because it kept slipping. He would No, it would just slip out. He would hit somebody and knock it out of socket mm. every time. I'm like, dude, you got to quit hitting people like that. Like your shoulder. Is out it, like it's dislocated. He didn't care. Can I? Can I tell my you? Name <laughs> can I, can I yeah, tell yeah. You? <laughs> my name is Jammer. Yeah, yeah. My name is Jammer. Can I tell you? Uh, and Jim. Come, Rod. Be appreciate the time and the knowledge. Anytime, brother. Anytime. For Matt, for Rod, for Travis, the best damn videographer in the podcast game. For everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn 1049-1019 AM twelve sixty streaming on the Horn app and at hornfm.com where you can get Rod on the Rodcast each and every weekday from one to three. Shameless plug. You can also get Longhorn Blitz on the Horns Tuesday nights at 7 o'clock. Don't forget to find this podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. Don't forget to like us and leave us a review. Five stars would be preferable, but any kind of feedback you guys give is appreciated. And thanks to Matt, you can get our classic interviews and classic shows on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I am Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.